We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Top Dogs Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. My name is Rob Doster. It was <clears throat> a rough, depressing, tough, hard-fought throwback Big East semifinal game last night between UConn and Marquette. UConn ended up on the wrong side of the scoreline. The final was 70-68. to 68. Jordan Hawkins struggled. Tristan Newton struggled. Andre Jackson struggled. And... Uh, and Marquette looked like the team that won the Big East regular season title by two games. We got a lot to talk to about that, about that game, about that matchup, uh, and about the fallout that is going to come from it um, just because of the way that uh, fandom works. So we're going to get into all that. Just a couple of programming notes. As always, we are presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. Make sure you go join our Run Your Pool Racket Pool. The link is in the description below. They are giving away $1,500 for absolutely free. Uh, all you got to do is go sign up and go win the pool, and you can win uh, a bunch of that money. Not all of it because uh, the payout structures are, I think, $700 goes to first place. Either way, you win a bunch of money if you go and sign up. Uh, it's very easy to do. Run your pool is the best place to host bracket pools and uh, the best place to host things like squares competitions. I'm serious. Go check it out. There's a reason why we partnered with them. Um, also, we're presented by Webster Bank. We're going to have an ad in here uh, in just a couple minutes. But you, if you sign up with them, uh, you might be able to win a free trip to the Final Four. And, of course, we are presented by the Vaulted app. Lock in your predictions and turn your opinions into facts. Prove you are the smartest one in the room. All right. So, um, before we get into what actually happened in this game, I kind of want to talk big picture about the result and about the way this thing played out. Because here's the way that I view it. Tristan Newton, Jordan Hawkins, who have been UConn's two best perimeter players and two best scorers uh, over the course of the last month or so, um, they both struggled. They finished four for 21 from the floor. Andre Jackson was not Andre fucking Jackson. He <laughs> For a while, he was Andre, what the fuck are you doing, Jackson? Um he scored. Uh, he didn't. He didn't have a very good game. Fouled out. Played twelve minutes. 
uh, was more or less ineffective in the second half. Um, every time we got on the floor, it felt like he um, committed a foul within about 30 seconds in the second half. Uh, that was frustrating to watch. It is what it is. All that said, they trailed by 10 with about 12 minutes left in the game. They came all the way back. They lost by two against the number six team in the country, against a team that won the Big East regular season p- title by two games, against a team that has an All-American, a first-team All-American point guard on the roster. They held Marquette scoreless for the last three minutes and 37 seconds of that game, and they had four shots to take the lead, what would have eventually been the game-winning shots in the final three minutes of that game, four great looks from three that did not go in. Joey Calcaterra had three of them. Jordan Hawkins had one of them. Um, combine all that with the fact that five of the 14 points that Marcus Kett scored uh, after UConn switched to the zone came from an, that Omax miracle tip-in and that uh, Cam Jones 40-footer at the buzzer of a shot clock. And um, it's disappointing but I think when you look at this in the grand scheme of things, it kind of um, it's not a moral victory, but like it's the Big East. You know, this isn't like you're playing a bunch of buy games. This isn't like you're playing to Paul. You know, it's 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 Marquette. It's a number two seed. It is a team that won the Big East regular season title for a reason. It is a team that went into Creighton and beat Creighton on their home floor. They've beaten UConn before. There's a reason why they went 15-3 and in this league. There's a reason why uh, they are one of the top 10 teams in college basketball, no matter where you look. It is what it is. Sometimes the shots don't fall. So um, we're going to talk about all that. First, I want to talk about what actually happened and how that game kind of played out. So first and foremost, I do want to – talk about what Marquette's game plan was defensively because I think that is the most interesting part of this conversation they put Omax Prosper who is six foot nine 200 something pounds incredible athlete they put him on Jordan Hawkins had him chase Hawkins off of every single screen that Jordan Hawkins ran off of um if you listen to this podcast you know how much Jordan Hawkins run off runs off of those screens and how important that is to UConn's offense I've never seen somebody Defended as well. I I think I've probably watched more UConn basketball than anybody. I think I've probably watched every possession that UConn has played this year. He did the best job that anyone's done all season long at chasing Jordan Hawkins off of those screens. That's where Jordan Hawkins makes his money. That's how he gets his shots. That's what he does best. And Omax Prosper completely took it away. You got to give credit to him. Just is what it is. That was a one-on-one matchup, and Omax won that last night. Um, the other thing that they did was uh, they got up and they really – pressured Tristan Newton Uh, a lot of it was Stevie Mitchell some of it was Chase Ross some of it was Cam Jones but they really got up in Tristan Newton and did not let him feel comfortable for 40 minutes every second that he was on the floor Um, and there's a lot of things that that does for starters you take away UConn's most effective uh, effective form of offense when you take away Jordan Hawkins he's their best scorer he's their best player he's their go-to guy when you can't get him running off of screens uh, it kind of limits what UConn's ceiling is on the offensive plane of the floor in the half court especially when you're able to get out and take away Tristan Newton you can't he's not getting downhill he's not getting to his right hand he's not being able to get to the rim get into the paint get a paint touch and draw a foul they did an incredible job at both of those things and then what that does is when you pressure the way that Marquette pressured, they, they were picking UConn up about 40 feet away from the rim, and they, were, they weren't they were letting their guards comfortable. They were heating up the ball every time they touched it. And what that does is it takes away your ability to throw the ball in the post. So one of the criticisms I saw last night was, how come you're not just getting Adama Sonogo a post touch? How come you're not throwing it to the big guy? Get the ball inside. Well, 
it's not that fucking easy to just throw the ball inside. Okay, when UConn's at their best, when they're able to get uh, when they're able to get Sonogo the ball, they they work the ball around. It goes to the opposite sides. They're able to get Sonogo with a seal where he has an angle. They throw it in from 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 the, with their toes on the three point line and an angle below foul line or below, and they're able to get the ball into him where he catches it. He goes up and he lays it in, right. There's a reason why post-ups are going away in basketball, period. If you're throwing the ball into Adama Sanogo 10 feet from the basket and you're making him take two, three, four, five dribbles to back it in and have go try to find a, make, a way to make a play that is not the most efficient form of offense, point blank, period. And the other part of it is when you get out in pressure, you make that pass into the post so much more difficult, especially when Andre Jackson is on the floor. So... I'm going to I'm going to kind of talk my way through this and I hope it makes sense. I don't have any way to kind of draw it up here but I just for the people listening this is how it works. Randolph Chill just talked about it last night, right? This is how it all kind of works and how it breaks down. Um you get out and you pressure the ball. You can UConn is forced to run their offense and start the offense about 5 feet further out. You don't have an easy way to throw the ball into the post. You got somebody in your face. It's a difficult pass. You're not able to get those seals and you're not able to get those lanes and you're not able to get the angles that you want to get to get Adama Sonoga the ball um, in the right spot. Uh, you're not able to get the pass over the top because you have help side on the other side of the floor. Tyler Colette, Cam Jones, whoever it is, uh, coming off of a lot of times Andre Jackson and making sure that he's not able to uh, to get a clean touch um, and a clean catch in the post. So uh, it's not as simple as just throw the ball into the post, into the big guy. It, it just it doesn't work that way. So please stop saying that. Um, all that said, I thought UConn was actually really good in the first half offensively. They put up 38 points. The Hemaline came in and made some shots. Um, I thought Donovan Klingon came in and changed the game with his just activity level and ability to get onto the offensive glass. And frankly, I thought Adama Sanogo was really good. He finished with like, what was it, 19 points and nine rebounds, something like that. So um, I thought that that was really, really impressive, uh, what they were able to do inside with all of with, with the way that Marquette kind of schemed them. And we're going to talk about the schemes and, and some of those issues here um, in a little bit. Now, uh, I do think it's important to, to discuss what happened kind of in the second half and later on in the first half. David Joplin was awesome. 14 points, four or five from three. He hit every open shot that he had. A lot of them were killers. Um, the The reason that happened was when Oso Iguodaro got into foul trouble. Oso Iguodaro is their five guy. Um, he's a little bit like Andre Jackson in that he does a lot of things really, really well, but he can't shoot and you don't have to guard him. And it kind of changes the way that Marquette can play offensively um, when he's on the floor because teams can just kind of sag off. That's what St. John's, they didn't guard him. They put the big guy in the paint and they just kind of dared him to go make a play. And uh, UConn was kind of doing something a little bit similar. Um, It wasn't quite as uh, pronounced as the way that St. John's was doing it. Um, But Adama Sonogo uh, ended up getting Iguodaro into foul trouble, which means that they brought David Joplin in. They, basically put like Omax at the five and they, they played uh, Omax, um, David Joplin and three guards on the floor. And that created all kinds of problems for UConn defensively because it forced Adama Sonogo and to a point Donovan Klingon to go out there and guard someone like Omax Prosper on the perimeter, who probably is going to end up being an NBA like three slash four. That's not a good matchup for Adama. Um, it forced him to try to chase David Joplin off the three point line. That's not a good matchup for him. Um, and, that's why you were able to see uh, Marquette kind of be able to really pick apart UConn's defense in the latter part of the first half and the early part of the second half. That's how they were able to build that 10-point lead. 
The problem was you weren't able to take advantage of it on the other end for a couple of reasons. One, three-pointers are worth more than two when Marquette wasn't missing their threes. And two, with the way that Marquette was pressuring the ball on the perimeter, UConn could not get those easy passes in to Adama Sanogo uh, on the block or into his post touches. We're going to get into a reason why in a second. It has a lot to do with point guard play. We'll discuss all that in a little bit. But just that's why all of that was happening. So what Danny Hurley did was he switched to the 2-3 zone, which allowed UConn to play with a big guy at the 5, basically switch everything on the perimeter, force the guys that you wanted shooting threes to shoot the threes. Um, David Joplin didn't get any more open looks. Uh, Cam Cam Jones didn't really get any more open looks. It was guys like Chase Ross and, um, and, and Stevie Jones and uh, some of the other players that are lesser three-point shooters that got the open looks. Some of them went in, but... They gave up 14 points over the course of the last 13 minutes of the game. And like I said before, five of those were kind of fluky, lucky shots that you want if you are UConn, right? If Cam Jones is taking a a 33-footer at the buzzer of the shot clock, like you live with that one if it goes in. That's the shot that you want, right? If Omax Prosper is having this miracle tipping at the rim, you know, you live with that one. They're going to get some of those. The market's a very good team. you got to live with that one. so switching to the two three zone, which I cannot if someone remembers UConn playing the two three zone this season or last season, like please get my mentions, um, shoot me a message, let me know. Cause I, I don't remember it off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and look, and I don't have the time to go back and look right now. Um so going to that zone, that that switch right there changed everything defensively and it allowed UConn to get back into the game. Now it did not fix their issues on the offensive end of the floor, and that right there is the crux of the problem for this team. Um Tristan Newton is not a guy that is going to be able to break people down off the dribble. That's just not what he does. We talked about this in the preseason. We talked about some of this in November. We talked about how important it was that he was playing well and getting to the free throw line when they had their run in the PK-85, when they were beating Alabama and beating Iowa State, when they came back and they made this run over the course of the last month, right? How important it was for Tristan Newton to be the guy that he was last night against Providence, 16.7 assists. Um We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Against really good perimeter defenders, he's not going to be able to do that. And frankly, I think we kind of saw it a little bit at the end of the Providence game when Providence made their comeback. Like, he wasn't the guy to take the ball and go make a play against that zone and go figure it out. Like, it's just, I don't think it's that he's not wired that way. But he's just he's not quite at that level where he's like the all league 15 point six assist kind of a guy. You know, he's a 10, 11, 12 point four or five assist kind of a player, which is a good player. But it's it's not the all big East kind of a dude that that you really want in that kind of a situation. So um, that was just it, it's what UConn's Achilles heel is this year. We've known it. This is not a secret. This is not something that should be surprising to anybody. It just kind of is what it is, and you have to find a way to win with the guys that you have. And I'll be frank. I thought that they did enough to win that game, okay? I'm not sitting here saying, moral victories, moral victories. Look, if you are Dan Hurley, I think that you are perfectly fine if you are going to say our Big East tournament rests on Joey Calcaterra and Jordan Hawkins hitting one of four open threes. They got open looks. The shots didn't go in. That is going to happen. That's just a part of basketball, right? I'm not sitting here saying Jordan Hawkins is to blame for this loss. No, this, this season doesn't turn around. If Jordan Hawkins doesn't catch absolute fucking fire over the course of the last four or five weeks, right? Joey Calcaterra. It's not his fault either. Like shots sometimes just don't go in. UConn is not in that game the way that they're in that game if he's not making shots early. UConn does not make the run that they made at the end of the year if Joey Calcaterra doesn't figure things out and start, you know, scoring 15 points, hitting three threes in games. So I think this is one that you just kind of have to live with, right? And one where you just kind of say, yeah, this fucking sucks. And, and it's brutal that, They lost another heartbreaker in the Big East tournament. It's brutal that it's another close game, but I don't know what more you can ask from any of the players on this team, right? They played their hearts out. You can, I don't think you can question anything about the way that they played. You know know what? I'm going to take that back. The only thing that I think you can question is not taking a timeout on that final possession. Tristan Newton got the ball over half court with 6.5 seconds left. We know how good Dan Hurley is at just drawing stuff up. And we know the issues that this team had kind of creating stuff on their own. Like that is the only criticism that I've had that that I would have of him. But at the same time, like I kind of get it because if you call a timeout, you're going to allow Marquette to set their defense and decide what they want. Iguodaro wasn't, wasn't, wasn't out there. Right. I believe so. So I, I can see it from both ways. I can see it from both angles. Um, I've always kind of tended to lean towards let your players go make a play. So I I don't want to sit here and and sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth and being results oriented. I do like the idea of just letting your guys go out there and go and trust them. Um, But if there is a place where I think you can really kind of criticize the decision making of the staff, that's probably it. But again, like I said, like it's not the way the way that the game ended was you had Jordan Hawkins going one on one against Cam Jones. Right, You take the ball out of bounds with 6.5 seconds left, that's probably what you're going to end up getting. It's not like you're taking the ball out of bounds on the sideline and you're going to just throw the ball into Adama Sanogo and it's going to change the way that that game goes. Right, You're going to need a guard to go make a play. You had your best player with James Jones on him trying to make a play. You had Tristan Newton before that um, trying to make a play. Like 
it sucks that they lost, but I don't think I, I don't know if there's anything here where you just can sit here and say, yeah, you know what? This was horrible. I can't believe that they did this. We're going to take shots at them. No. Um, my biggest thing now is. Can we turn this thing forward, right? Can we find a way to not let this bring down the rest of the season? You know, Dan Hurley said it afterwards to multiple people. He said it in the press conference. Um, you know, we talked to, I talked to some guys on the staff afterwards and the last couple times that UConn's had a, a really bad, devastating loss in the Big East tournament, they allowed it to carry over to the NCAA tournament. That's part of the reason why you saw the loss to Maryland in 2021. It's part of the reason why you saw the loss in Mexico state in 2022. Um, this team is significantly better than both of those teams. They also have some issues, but this team to me is significantly better than both of those teams. Uh, they were probably going to end up getting a three seed, maybe a four seed. I, I, it's going to kind of depend on some other teams and some other results around the country. Like does Indiana go on a run and win the big 10 tournament? Like if that happens, they probably jump UConn, but uh, I, I do think there's going to be a three or a four seat. They're going to be a tough matchup. They're going to have a chance to be able to, to make a run of the big dance. It, they're, they're a very, very good basketball team that has some flaws that has some exploitable matchup problems. Um, so got to turn it around. You got to make sure that this isn't the kind of thing that's going to suck the life out of the program um, and go, go win in the, the tournament that people tend to care about more. Go, go make a run in the NCAA tournament. Like this is a team that if you look at the metrics as a top five team that at different times this season has played like a top five team that is good enough legitimately to go out and win a national title, make a final four, do all of the things that we want UConn to be able to do. Uh, so go do it. Go do it. Don't let this loss bring you down. Um, Andre Jackson, go be Andre fucking Jackson. Jordan Hawkins, you know, just pray that you don't run into any more six foot nine crazy athletes that can chase you off screens like Omax Prosper. Tristan Newton, keep getting to the bucket. Adama and Donovan, like, keep getting to the glass. Joey, keep fucking shooting the ball, man. Don't stop shooting. Naheem, keep doing what you're like. It's just keep doing what you're doing. They play the way that they played last night, and they will get to a second weekend. That I think it's just that simple. You play the way that you played last night, and UConn will be a second weekend team. I think that's 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 what it comes down to at the end of the day, because there's no way that Hawk and Newton are going to end up going four for 21 every single night. And there's no way that Andre Jackson is going to be a, four, uh, a 12 minute foul out guy every single night. Just is what it is. You take this loss, you move on and you find a way to go make it happen in the NCAA tournament. I still believe that it can. I hope you guys are with me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just I hope that the, <laughs> I hope I hope that the negativity that. Popped up in my mentions after that loss last night is not something uh, that is going to make its way to the players because I think that um, that is part of the reason why there was that downswing after some of the losses in early January. So keep the positivity, keep moving forward, support the guys, and let's go make a run in March. It's what we do. I'll see you guys again Monday. Um, we're going to be breaking down the bracket. Uh, I, I will do a preview of um, kind of UConn's region next week. I will say this. If there is one team that UConn fans do not want to see in the first round of the NCAA tournament is VCU. Uh, VCU needs to get the automatic bid from the A-10 to be able to make it. I think if they do, they'll probably end up being a 12 seed instead of a 13 seed. And I don't think UConn drops to a five. So hopefully it's something that we're not going to have to worry about. 
But VCU's ball pressure is exactly the kind of thing that could be a, a matchup nightmare for a UConn. So just hope and pray that VCU ends up in a different part of the bracket. If they're 12 in the same pod where UConn is a four, you're going to have to load up on your bourbon and stock it up because uh, that's not going to be fun. But until next time, Selection Sunday, less than 24 hours away. Let's go. Oh, what a finish! Buy a new home beats grow my business at the buzzer! Webster Bank is offering you a chance to win a trip for two to the Men's College Hoops Finals in Houston. Just pick your biggest goals for 2023 and enter today at WebsterGoals.com. No purchase necessary. It's 325-23. Must be a legal resident of Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, or New York, and at least 18. For rules and details, visit WebsterGoals.com. Webster Bank, N.A., member FDIC, equal housing lender. Matt Norlander, John Fanta, the hatless Randolph Childress. My name is Rob Doster. We are in Madison Square Garden. We just watched the Big East tournament semifinals happen. Randolph, it was your first Big East tournament, your first Big East tournament semifinals. And for my money, we saw a classic in the opener. Marquette outlasted UConn 70 to 68. I, I think survived is probably the best way to phrase it. Um, we have a lot to talk about with, right. with UConn here, but I want to start with Marquette because I was so incredibly impressed with the way that they were able to defend. That was a question we had with them, right? Are they going to be good enough defensively? Can they lock down when they need to? Omax Prosper took Jordan Hawkins and put him in his pocket. Okay, he locked him up. Nobody does that to Jordan Hawkins. That has not happened to Jordan Hawkins all season long. I could not be more impressed with what they did defensively. I was impressed with it, but I think it was UConn is is this perfect team because the inability to beat you off the off the dribble. Mm-hmm. You know, having that elite guard that kind of alleviates pressure. They need to do it by executing. They have course sets. Um, I don't see them being that effective tomorrow. They won't be that way tomorrow. I think tomorrow guard play, whoever wins that matchup with guard play will go, but I don't think it'll be that dominant of a defensive effort from a pressure standpoint, as we saw tonight. I think UConn, that's the way you defend UConn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figure it, Mr. Big East first. I'm going to wait my turn. Uh, Tristan Newton and Jordan Hawkins shot four for 21 combined, and UConn lost to Marquette by two. Now, Marquette had something to do with that defensively. I thought Olmet. I thought Olmax Prosper was absolutely fantastic with the assignment on Hawkins. Here, here's the fact of the matter. Connecticut is a team that is loaded with talent. They are the team that's an avalanche when they turn it on. But as great as they can be over the course of 10 to 12 minutes is as rough as they can be over the course of the next five to six. And against really good teams, that's tough because you are susceptible then to going into a rut and losing a ball game. So they are going into the most important game of this coaching staff's tenure. Connecticut has to win their first-round NCAA tournament game. I, I agree. What did I say about them yesterday? They came out today. And, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'll ask you, all of you guys this. What concerns me about UConn is they're good, they're talented, but they don't have that guy. And I said this yesterday, that when the game's on the line, you give him the ball and he go make you a play. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what showed his head today. And it was no one alleviates the pressure. They have to use half-court execution to run. Hawkins is not a guy that, that, that you give the ball to and say, hey, go make a play for yourself or someone else. I think that's fair. UConn's a fascinating team. Got to sit with Dan Hurley for a little bit one-on-one after the game, and, and he – you like that? How did that Smooth. go? It actually how, went – you know what? Go? He was in He was in solid – he was in solid enough spirits considering the circumstances – 
No points in the final two minutes and 38 they had seconds. By the they way. had shots. They had chances. Yes. And I'm sure this came across on television, but being in this building, there were like six moments, six three-point attempts in the second half on this side of the floor where the roof was ready to pop and Ooh. none of them dropped. So some of it is credit to Marquette defensively, no doubt about it. Sometimes it just doesn't go down. He that whole staff knows how much pressure's on him. But I do because they haven't won it, they haven't won a tournament game yet. And Hurley said this in the postgame, where the past two times this has happened. The yeah. losses were so his word was excruciating. And he said this one's excruciating. Mm-hmm. But he he believes that the to. mental makeup, he told me the mental makeup of this group, he does not expect them to dwell. Says the group collectively is, is fairly mature. A lot of that starts with Andre Jackson. And what Jackson brings on a game in game out basis is also fascinating because he can be such a game changer. But then you, sometimes you look up and he's like, damn, he's got four fouls. What, what, what do we call him? Like, what do we call him? Andre effing. effing. He's Andre effing Jackson. That's they, they need him. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll say this one last thing. UConn now to me, and it's going to be a three or a four. I think there's a healthy chance 13 nights from now. That's a Thursday, Saturday rotation in the regional that we could be talking about the Huskies win or lose having played a sweet 16 game. I think that's mm-hmm. a chance. Oh yeah. But UConn's starting to get a vibe to me. We get about two or three of these teams every year in the bracket where you're like, I get this feeling no matter what I pick this team to do in my bracket, they're going to do the other thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm that, getting that sense with UConn, despite the fact that it still easily rates as one of the top 10 teams in the country per predictive metrics. There's just something about it.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.